story twenty nine of romance of california life by john haberton this librivox recording is in the public domain story twenty nine deacon barker's conversion of the several pillars of the church at pawkin centre deacon barker was by all odds the strongest his orthodoxy was the admiration of the entire congregation and the terror of all the ministers within easy driving distance of the deacon's native village he it was who had argued the late pastor of the pawkin centre church into that state of disquietude which had carried him through a few days of delirious fever into the church triumphant and it was also deacon barker whose questions at the examination of seekers for the ex-pastor's shoes had cast such consternation into divinity schools far and near that soon it was very hard to find a candidate for ministerial honors at pawkin centre nor was his faith made manifest by words alone be the weather what it might the deacon was always in his pew both morning and evening in time to join in the first hymn and on every thursday night at a quarter past seven in winter and a quarter before eight in summer the good deacon's cane and shoes could be heard coming solemnly down the aisle bringing to the prayer-meeting the champion of orthodoxy nor did the holy air of the prayer-meeting even one single evening fail to vibrate to the voice of the deacon as he made in scriptural language humble confessions and tearful pleadings before the throne or still strictly scriptural in expression he warned and exhorted the impenitent the contribution-box always received his sixpence as long as specie payment lasted and the smallest fractional currency note thereafter and to each of the regular annual offerings to the missionary cause the bible cause the kindred christian enterprises the deacon regularly contributed his dollar and his prayers the deacon could quote scripture in a manner which put biblical professors to the blush and every principle of his creed so bristled with text confirmatory sustentive and aggressive that doubters were rebuked and freethinkers were speedily reduced to speechless humility or rage but the unregenerate and even some who professed righteousness declared that more fondly than to any other scriptural passage did the good deacon cling to the injunction make to yourselves friends of the mammon of unrighteousness meekly insisting that he was only a steward of the lord he put out his lord's money that he might receive it again with usury and so successful had he been that almost all mortgages held on property near pawkin centre were in the hands of the good deacon and few were the foreclosure sales in which he was not the seller the new pastor at pawkin centre like good pastors everywhere had tortured himself into many a headache over the perplexing question how are we to reach the impenitent in our midst the said impenitent were with but few exceptions industrious honest respectable law-abiding people and the worthy pastor as fully impregnated with yankee thrift as with piety shuddered to think of the waste of souls that was constantly threatening at length like many another pastor he called a meeting of the brethren to prayerfully consider this momentous question the deacon came of course and so did all the other pillars and many of them presented their views 
brother grave thought the final doom of the impenitent should be more forcibly presented deacon Struggs had an abiding conviction that it was the man of sin holding dominion in their hearts that kept these people away from the means of grace deacon ponder mildly suggested that the object might perhaps be attained if those within the fold maintained a more godly walk and conversation but he was promptly though covertly rebuked by the good deacon barker who reminded the brethren that it is the spirit that quickeneth brother flight who hadn't any money thought the church ought to build a working man's chapel but this idea was promptly and vigorously combated by all men of property in the congregation by this time the usual closing hour had arrived and after a benediction the faithful dispersed each with about the ideas he brought to the meeting early next morning the good deacon barker with his mind half full of the state of the unconverted and half of his unfinished cowshed took his stick and hobbled about the village in search of a carpenter to finish the incomplete structure there was moggs but moggs had been busy all the season and it would be just like him to want full price for a day's work stubb was idle but stubb was slow auger auger used liquor and the deacon had long ago firmly resolved that not a cent of his money if he could help it should ever go for the accursed stuff but there was hay he hadn't seen him at work for a long time perhaps he would be anxious enough to work to do it cheaply the deacon knocked at hay's door and hay himself shouted come in how are you george said the deacon looking hastily about the room and delightfully determining from the patient face of sad-eyed mrs hay and the scanty furnishings of the yet uncleared breakfast-table that he had been providentially guided to the right spot how's times with ye not very good deacon replied hay nothing much doin in town money's awful scarce groaned the deacon dreadful responded george devoutly thanking the lord that he owed the deacon nothing got much to do this winter asked the deacon not by a da day's job not a single day sorrowfully replied hay the deacon's pious ear had been shocked by the young man's imperfectly concealed profanity and for an instant he thought of administering a rebuke but the charms of prospective cheap labor lured the good man from the path of rectitude i'm fixin my cowshed might perhaps give you a job on it s'pose you'd do it cheap seein how dull everything is the sad eyes of mrs hay grew bright in an instant her husband's heart jumped up but he knew to whom he was talking so he said as calmly as possible three dollars is regular pay the deacon immediately straightened up as if to go too much said he i'd better hire a common laborer at a dollar and a half and a boss of myself it's only a cowshed you know guess though you won't want the nails druv no less particular will you deacon inquired hay but i tell you what i'll do i'll throw off fifty cents a day two dollars ought to be enough george resumed the deacon carpenterin's pooty work and takes a sight a headpiece sometimes but there's no intellect required to work on a cowshed Stay two dollars and come along the carpenter thought bitterly of what a little way the usual three dollars went and of how much would have to be done with what he could get out of the cowshed but the idea of losing even that was too horrible to be endured so he hastily replied 
two and a quarter and i'm your man well said the deacon it's a powerful price to pay for work on a cowshed but i s'pose i must stand it hurry up thar's the mill whistle blowin seven hay snatched his tools kissed a couple of thankful tears out of his wife's eyes and was soon busy on the cowshed with the deacon looking on george said the deacon suddenly causing the carpenter to stop his hammer in mid-air think it over again and say two dollars hay gave the good deacon a withering glance and for a few moments the force of suppressed profanity caused his hammer to bang with unusual vigour while the owner of the cowshed rubbed his hands in ecstasy at the industry of his employee the air was bracing the winter's sun shone brilliantly the deacon's breakfast was digesting fairly and his mind had not yet freed itself from the influences of the sabbath besides he had secured a good workman at a low price and all these influences combined to put the deacon in a pleasant frame of mind he rambled through his mind for a text which would piously express his condition and texts brought back sunday and sunday reminded him of the meeting of the night before and here was one of those very men before him a good man in many respects though he was higher priced than he should be how was the cause of the master to be prospered if his servants made no effort then there came to the deacon's mind the passage he which converteth the sinner from the error of his way shall save a soul from death and shall hide a multitude of sins what particular sins of his own needed hiding the deacon did not find it convenient to remember just then but he meekly admitted to himself and the lord that he had them in a general way then with that directness and grace which were characteristic of him the deacon solemnly said george what is to be the sinner's doom i dunno replied george his wrath still warm pears to me you've left that business till pretty late in life deacon don't trifle with sacred subjects george said the deacon still very solemn and with a suspicion of annoyance in his voice the wicked shall be cast into hell with they can't carry their cowsheds with em neither interrupted george consolingly come george said the good deacon in an appealing tone remember the apostle says suffer the word of exhortation excuse me deacon but one sufferin at a time i ain't through sufferin at bein beaten down yet how about the deacon's not bein given to filthy lucre the good deacon was pained and he was almost out of patience with the apostle for writing things which came so handy to the lips of the unregenerate he commenced an industrious search for a text which should completely annihilate the impious carpenter when that individual interrupted him with out with it deacon you had a meetin last night to see what was to be done with the impenitent i was there that is i sot on a stool just outside the door and i heerd all twas said you didn't agree on nothin maybe you fixed it up since anyhow you sot me down for one o the impenitent and you're goin for me well go on nailin interrupted the economical deacon a little testily the noise don't disturb me i can hear ye well what way am i so much wickeder than you to be you and other folks at the meetin-house asked hay george i never saw you in god's house in my life replied the deacon well s'pose you haven't is god so small he can't be nowheres except in your little meetin-house how about his seein folks in their closets george said the deacon if you're a prayin man why don't you join yourself to the lord's people 
why cause the lord's people as you call em don't want me s'pose i was to come to the meetin-house in these clothes the only ones i've got do you suppose any of the lord's people's open a pew door for to me and s'pose my wife and children dressed no better'n i be but as good i can afford was with me how do you s'pose i'd feel pride goeth before a fall and a haughty spirit before groaned the deacon when the carpenter again interrupted i feel as if the people o god was a gang of insultin hypocrites and as if i didn't ever want to see em again if that kind of pride sinful the devil's a saint if there's anything wrong about a man's feelin so about himself and them god give him god's to blame for it himself but seein it's the same feelin that makes folks keep themselves straight in all other matters i'll keep on thinkin it's right but the privileges o the gospel george remonstrated the deacon don't you suppose i know what they're worth continued the carpenter haven't i hung around in front of the meetin-house summer nights when the windows was open just to listen to the singin and what else i could hear hasn't my wife been with me there many a time and haven't both of us prayed and groaned and cried in our hearts not only cause we couldn't join in it all ourselves but cause we couldn't send the children either without their learnin to hate religion for they fairly knowed what twas haven't i sneaked in to the vestibule winter nights and sought just where i did last night and heard what i'd liked my wife and children to hear and prayed for the time to come when the self-appointed elect shouldn't offend the little ones and after sittin there last night and comin home and tellin my wife how folks was concerned about us and our rejoicin together in the hope that some day our children could have the chances we're shut out of now who could come along this morning but one of those same holy people and jewed me down on pay that the lord knows is hard enough to live on the deacon had a heart and he knew the nature of self-respect as well as men generally his mind ran entirely outside of text for a few minutes and then with a sigh for the probable expense he remarked reckon flight's notion was right after all there ought to be a workin man's chapel ort replied hay who'd you suppose go to it nobody you can rent us second-class houses and sell us second-hand clothing and the cheapest cuts of meat but when it comes to cheap religion nobody knows its value better'n we do we don't want to go into your parlors on carpets and furniture we don't know how to use and we don't expect to be asked into society where our talk and manners might make some better educated people laugh but when it comes to religion god knows nobody needs and deserves the very best article more'n we do the deacon was a reasonable man and being old was beginning to try to look fairly at matters upon which he expected soon to be very thoroughly examined the indignant protest of the carpenter had he feared a great deal of reason and yet god's people deserved to hold their position if as usual the argument ended where it began so he asked rather triumphantly what is to be done then reform god's people themselves replied the carpenter to the horror of the pious old man when the right hand of fellowship is reached out to the front instead of stuck behind the back when a poor man comes along there'll be plenty that'll be glad to take it reform your own people deacon for you pick out of your eyes the motes we'll be glad enough to get rid of you can get a fine lot of heavy lumber out of your own 
soldiers of the cross no more than any other soldiers should stand still and be peppered when unable to reply at least so thought the deacon and he prudently withdrew reform god's people themselves the deacon was too old a boy to tell tales out of school but he knew well enough there was room for reform of course there was weren't we all poor sinners when we would do good wasn't evil ever present with us what business had other sinners to complain when they weren't at least any better besides suppose he were to try to reform the ways of brother graves and deacon struggs and others he had in his mind would they rest until they had attempted to reform him and who was to know just what quantity and quality of reform was necessary be not carried about with diverse and strange doctrines the matter was too great for his comprehension so he obeyed the injunction commit thy way unto the lord but the lord relegated the entire matter to the deacon hay did a full day's work the deacon made a neat little sum by recovering on an old judgment he had bought for a mere song and the deacon's red cow made an addition to the family in the calf pen yet the deacon was far from comfortable the idea that certain people must stay away from god's house until god's people were reformed seemed to the deacon's really human heart something terrible if they would be so proud and yet people who would stand outside the meetin house and listen and pray and weep because their children were as badly off as they could scarcely be very proud he knew there couldn't be many such else this out-of-door congregation would be noticed there certainly wasn't a full congregation of modest mechanics in the vestibule of which hay spoke and yet who could tell how many more were anxious and troubled on the subject of their eternal welfare what a pity it was that those working men who wished to repair to the sanctuary could not have steady work and full pay if he had only known all this early in the morning he did not know but he might have hired him at three dollars though really was a man to blame for doing his best in the labor market you cannot serve god and mammon gracious he could almost declare he heard the excited carpenter's voice delivering that text what had brought that text into his head just now he had never thought of it before the deacon rolled and tossed on his bed and the subject of his conversation with the carpenter tormented him so he could not sleep of one thing he was certain and that was that the reform of the church at pawkin centre was not to be relied on in an extremity and was not such hungering and thirsting after righteousness an extreme case had he ever really known many such if hay only had means the problem would afford its own solution the good deacon solemnly declared to himself that if hay could give good security he the deacon would try to lend him the money but even this to the deacon extraordinary concession was unproductive of sleep he that giveth to the poor lendeth to the lord there he could hear that indignant carpenter again what an unsatisfactory passage that was to be sure if it would only read the other way it didn't seem a bit business-like the way it stood and yet as the deacon questioned himself there in the dark he was forced to admit that he had a very small balance even of loans to his credit in the hands of the lord 
he had never lent to the lord except in his usual business manner as small a loan as would be accepted on as extensive collaterals as he could exact oh why did people ever forsake the simple raiment of their forefathers and robe themselves in garments grievous in price and stumbling blocks in the path of their fellow-men but sleep failed even to follow this pious reflection suppose only suppose of course that he were to give lend that is lend hay money enough to dress his family fit for church think what a terrible lot of money it would take a common neat suit for a man would cost at least thirty dollars an overcoat nearly twice as much a suit cloak and other necessities for his wife would amount to as much more and the children oh the thing couldn't be done for less than two hundred and fifty dollars of course it was entirely out of the question he had only wondered what it would cost that was all still no sleep he wished he hadn't spoken with hay about his soul next time he would mind his own business he wished he hadn't employed hay he wished the meeting for consideration of the needs of the impenitent had never taken place no man can come to me except the father which sent me draw him he wished he had remembered that passage and quoted it at the meeting it was no light matter to interfere with the almighty's plans blessed are the merciful for they shall obtain mercy ha could that carpenter be in the room disarranging his train of thought with such such tantalizing texts they had kept him awake and at his time of life a restless night was a serious matter suppose very early the next morning the village doctor returning from a patient's bedside met the deacon with a face which suggested to him the doctor was pious and imaginative abraham on mount moriah the village butcher more practical hailed the good man and informed him he was in time for a fine steak but the deacon shook his head in agony and passed on he neared the carpenter's house stopped tottered and looked over his shoulder as if intending to run at length he made his way behind the house where hay was chopping firewood the carpenter saw him and turned pale he feared the deacon had found cheaper labor and had come to give him warning george said the deacon i've been doing a heap of thinking about what we talked of yesterday i've come to say that if you like i'll lend you three hundred dollars for as long as you've a mind to without note security or interest you to spend as much of it as you need to dress you and your whole family in sunday clothes and to put the balance in the savings bank at interest to go on doing the same with when necessary and all of you go to church when you feel so disposed and if nobody else's pew door opens you're always welcome to mine and may the lord the deacon finished the sentence to himself have mercy on my soul then he said aloud that's all the carpenter at the beginning of the deacon's speech had dropped his axe to the imminent danger of one of his feet as the deacon continued the carpenter dropped his head to one side raised one eyebrow inquiringly and awaited the conditions but when the deacon said that's all george hay seized the deacon's hard old hand gave it a grasp which brought agonized tears to the eyes of its venerable owner and exclaimed deacon god's people are reformin the deacon staggered a little he had not thought of it in that light before 
deacon that money'll do more good than all the prayers you ever done excuse me i must tell mary and the carpenter dashed into the house had mrs hay respected the dramatic proprieties she would have made the deacon a neat speech but the truth is she regarded him from behind the window blind and wiped her eyes with the corner of her apron seeing which the deacon abruptly started for home making less use of his cane than he had done in any day for years it is uh, grievous to relate but truth is mighty that within a fortnight the good deacon repented of his generous action at least fifty times he would die in the poorhouse if he were so extravagant again three hundred dollars was more than the cowshed lumber shingles nails labor and all would cost suppose hay should take the money and go west suppose he should take to drinking and spend it all for liquor one suspicion after another tortured the poor man until he grew thin and nervous but on the second sunday having satisfied himself that hay was in town sober the day before that he had been to the city and brought back bundles and that he the deacon had seldom been in the street without meeting one of hay's children with a paper of hooks and eyes or a spool of thread the deacon stationed himself in one of his own front windows and brought his spectacles to bear on hay's door a little distance off the first bell had rung apparently hours before yet no one appeared could it be that he had basely sneaked to the city at night and pawned everything no the door opened there they came it couldn't be yes it was well he never imagined hay and his wife were so fine a looking couple they came nearer and the deacon forgetting his cane hobbled hurriedly to church entered his pew and left the door wide open he waited long it seemed to him but they did not come he looked around impatiently and there oh joy and wonder the president of the pawkins savings institution had invited the whole family into his pew just then the congregation rose to sing the hymn commencing from all that dwell below the skies let the creator's praise arise and the deacon in his excitement distanced the choir and the organ and the congregation and almost brought the entire musical service to a standstill the deacon had intended to watch closely for hay's conversion but something wonderful prevented it was reported everywhere that the deacon himself had been converted and all who now saw the deacon fully believed the report he was even heard to say that as there seemed to be some doubt as to whether faith or works was the saving virtue he intended thereafter to practise both he no longer mentions the poorhouse as his prospective dwelling but is heard to say that in his father's house there are many mansions and that he is laying up his treasure in heaven as fast as possible and hopes he may get it all on the way there before his heart is called for at the post office the tin shop and the rum shop the deacon's conversion is constantly discussed and men of all degrees now express a belief in the almighty power of the spirit from on high other moneyed men have been smitten and changed and the pastor of the pawkins centre church daily thanks the lord for such a revival as he never heard of before End of story twenty nine